every Sunday at 3 p.m. Central on Smart Talk. This is psychic and medical intuitive Julie Ryan, host of the Ask Julie Ryan Show. Heard Thursday nights from 7 to 9 Central on Chicago's Smart Talk, WCGO. From beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics with occasional injections of rumor innuendo all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, professors, public servants, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by progressive author David Masiotra, conservative commentator Chris Roebling, juvenile justice veteran Anthony Anderson in hour number two, and Chicago Alderman Ray Lopez. That's our program for tonight. Nice to have you with us this evening. Phone lines open at 1-800-723-8289. 1-800-723-8289. A couple of quick personal things based on our conversation last week. As you can see, if you're watching this on television, uh, you can see I've got a little a Band-Aid or a heavy Band-Aid on my face. That was because of some skin cancer that was done uh, to my face uh, last Thursday. And it's going to be like this for a couple of weeks, but then hopefully it will look better as each week ensues. Also, you will report that last week, or I reported last week, that I was going to go in this past Monday and uh, at the invitation of the University of Chicago to go in and get a COVID test on the first day of testing in Chicago, or uh, vaccination in Chicago, vaccination. And I went in there, appointed, uh, showed up at the right time, and they told me I was too early, that, uh, uh, you know, I'd, I'd showed up for some reason. I showed up exactly when they told me. They told me they, they this was right at the time they were going to give me the injection. They said, no, we don't want to give this to you when someone else is waiting for it. And I said, okay, that sounds fair to me. And so I'm waiting for them to call me back. But uh, my experience uh, in, 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 in COVID uh, was not a successful one, although I looked like I was going to be sort of one of the first to be vaccinated in Chicago, at least being over well over 65 and having a number of the comorbidities. But that's my medical report. Nice to have you with us this evening. I'm going to get into uh, sort of the, the, the medical condition of the country right now, at least the, the political condition. And I'm gonna, we have Chris Roebling, we have David Masiotra in hour number two. Uh, they're on the opposite sides of most political issues. But I want to begin with uh, you, Chris, because you're the, you're the closest thing to a card-carrying Republican we have tonight. Uh, Donald Trump has allegedly fired all of his legal team. Uh, this with just a couple of weeks to go before he uh, tries to defend himself in the U.S. Senate. Uh, what on earth is he thinking about? Because he wants to make the case that uh, it's about uh, you know vote stealing and and voting irregularities as opposed to his past legal team that was trying to make it along constitutional lines that a former president cannot be uh, impeached your reaction yeah um 45 republican members of the u.s senate have expressed themselves as saying that they think this is poorly brought uh it's obviously going nowhere and I think that Trump is probably saving money on attorneys. But it's, as usual with Trump, um, irregular, unorthodox, idiosyncratic, whatever you want to call it. I, th- I think that he, his interest is not to make it about anything except getting, to, uh, getting through the thing and get the vote, which will not go for, quote, impeachment, faux impeachment, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, move on with his life. 
David Manciotra, you're uh, you're you're more of a progressive than a Democrat, so I, I don't know uh, how extensive you feel about uh, getting Donald Trump and and even either having him convicted uh, in a in a trial or censure or something else. But uh, how much activity and time and effort do you want uh, the world spent on figuring out what to do with Donald Trump? Very little. Uh, one of the uh, sighs of relief I've breathed since uh, Joe Biden's inauguration is I don't feel like I'm living in an asylum. I don't have Trump broadcasting to me every day. And I would like that to continue. And I'd like the emphasis to be on the pursuit of uh, Biden's agenda. Uh, however, I do think it is important to severely penalize anyone who gave any encouragement or incitement to the siege of the Capitol that we saw took take place on January 6th. But at this point, given the futility of a Senate trial and the distraction of a Senate trial, uh, I would prefer the pursuit of other means to exact that punishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, how I, many Chris? I'm delighted that uh, the uh, criminal investigation has proceeded, uh, that people are being arrested, uh, folks who crossed the line, so to speak, are being held accountable. And I think that, you know, I, I was saying that on the afternoon that it happened on, uh, I, I don't know, with uh, a, a radio show here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, I say it today. Uh, and, and so uh, David and I are remarkably attuned on this one. Off brand. Where are you? Where where do you expect, by the way, do you think that the president has played this just about right now, Chris Roebling? That he he keeps deferring to the Senate. President Biden keeps deferring it to the the Senate. He he tries to get pinned down by the um, media, but he doesn't want to get pinned down. In my humble opinion, President Biden has, just like President Obama before him, and unlike President Clinton, has missed every he has he has missed every opportunity so far um, to act on what was a reasonably good inaugural speech. So he got up and he said, "It's it's time to uh, bind up the wounds of the nation. It's time unify. to unify. Let us all come together." And then you know, two hours and forty three minutes later, he's in the White House. And he starts signing all of these executive orders. Now, he's entitled to executive orders. He's entitled to his program, as David says. David says he wants the Biden program. Amen. That's what a progressive or a Democrat should be wanting. Fine. But Biden has not availed himself of any single opportunity to make a substantive step, whether it's about you know, leave Trump David, in the rear David, view having said, or David, a question, a question to David. David, having said the answer that you just gave to us, do you think that the president is making a mistake by not standing up, uh, not necessarily to his left wing, but against standing up and just saying, by golly, I said that I'm the head of the Democratic Party, and I think we're wasting, he won't say we're wasting time on this, he says, but it's time to move on, and send a much stronger signal publicly uh, to the members of Congress who want uh, Donald Trump's scalp. I think a wise political and cultural move for Biden to make would be to say that, what you just said, and then Mm -hmm. in the next sentence to say, however, if we truly are going to attempt to unify and return to normal Mm -hmm. political argument, 
I also need the leading figures of the Republican Party to acknowledge that I won the election honestly, fairly, and legally, because you have various uh, high-ranking senators in the Republican Party, you have Congress people, and you have various state party organizations still refusing to do just that. So that makes unity rather impossible if they're going to view Biden as a, uh, a criminal-in-chief rather than commander-in-chief. Chris Roebling, is that a reasonable request uh, on David's part of the president? Well, and, and Republicans, um, rather? The, the, the Republican, then Republican-controlled Senate uh, accepted the electoral votes. There was no derailment. There was no serious attempt. There was no more serious attempt at derailing Biden than there was uh, when the Democrats attempted to derail Trump, which was not a serious attempt. And they attempted twice, not once, but twice to derail Bush. And neither of those were serious either. I understand sensitivity, but I, I'm imbued with a sense of Hillary Clinton, the then leader, the immediately right. immediate past leader of the Chris, we've got, to, we've got to pause. We've got to pause for a break. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago. For some, news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it. Seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. Your tween made you see. We are the boy It's painful concert number three. We are the boy band. We're five and nineteen. We are the boy band. Always singing on key. You love your kids enough to take them to see their favorite uh, band. Love them enough to make sure they're buckled up in the back seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Harrison's Reality Check. Now there's an easy way to monitor for coronavirus at home in a moment. Here's some new inventions for 2021. Volkswagen reveals a prototype for a fully autonomous electric car charging robot, which VW says will work in places like underground car parks. And another robot with a body made from ice, yes, ice, has been developed by researchers from the Grasp Lab at the University of Pennsylvania. Ice Robots. Harrison's Reality Check. GoHarrison.com. Fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. AncientLifeOil.com. That's AncientLifeOil.com. Are you stressed? I mean, who is it? Anxiety creeping in? No, not that. Is sleep hard to attain because your brain just won't slow down? We're living in crazy times, and the fear knob has been turned up. Okay, there's an answer. Take a big breath, exhale, and go log on to AncientLifeOil.com. CBD. Broad and full-spectrum, organic and non-GMO CBD for you to enjoy. Change your tune from fear to calm. From brain overload to clear thinking, 0.003 THC, 
on full spectrum and 0% THC on broad spectrum. Competitive pricing with the best quality. Also know everything is going to get better. No worries. Be happy. CBD can help calm so your nerves don't think they're a six-string electric guitar. Enjoy life, smile, and log on to ancientlifeoil.com for great CBD. That's ancientlifeoil.com. You'll be glad you did. The Dave Ramsey Show. Chicago Smart Talk, AM 1590 and FM 95.9, the exclusive home for the Dave Ramsey Show in Chicago. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago, Beyond the Beltway. Thank you very much for joining us. David Masiotra is our progressive this evening, and Chris Roebling is our conservative. And uh, uh, I want to switch gears, uh, you know, from Donald Trump uh, and the uh, the issue of his future to uh, uh, what the Republicans in the Senate are going to be do, doing and also uh, how the general public feels about this uh, uh, this roadblock, a significant roadblock uh, in the in the COVID uh bill to assist the uh, people of the United States who are having great problems. Uh, You know, Donald Trump wanted $2,000 a month in everybody's pocket. So did the Democrats. Uh, The Republicans didn't like that idea. They've now come back with an idea. Ten senators, Republican senators, have gotten together to present an alternative plan to the $1.9 trillion uh, COVID package by the Biden administration. And uh, Chris, I, I want to get to each of you. In, in, your, in your daily lives, the people that you talk with on a daily basis, are, are they complaining that uh, they don't have their, their COVID check yet and they're waiting for it? Or have most of them forgotten about it? Or are most of your friends maybe beyond the, the seventy five dollars or $50,000 limit that would trigger uh, such a COVID uh, check? I mean, what, what's the general, just in, in your daily life, are people talking about this issue? Chris? I, people are not talking about it. You know, I'm, I'm very privileged and I'm sort of in a different sort of realm, but the people that I interact with on a daily basis certainly are concerned. And this has been a, in my opinion, massive failure of the of the House and Senate starting last summer. And it should have been done quickly and it should have been done generously. And I regret that this, I, 2000, I, I, I cannot begrudge 2000 bucks to folks like um, waitresses or bakery workers or some of the people that I come in contact with regularly. So I, it's got to get done. Uh, the, the payoff to the unions, no. The payoff to the sta- blue states, no. But the, the help for regular people, absolutely. David Masiotra, what about you? Well, the frustration that I hear, especially from small business owners, is they feel, even if perhaps they don't use this precise language, I'm politicizing it a little, that this mm-hmm. is another episode in an American crisis or catastrophe occurs, and we see a bipartisan rush to bring aid and assistance, the overwhelming majority of which goes to uh, the well-off, the elite, and uh, the wealthy. Whereas, you know, a good friend of mine who owns a small bar in Joliet, Illinois, or my students who are working full time while taking night classes, even if they got a check, you know, a few months ago, they don't feel as if there is any prioritization 
of their needs, concerns, and struggles. And this is exactly what happened in 2008. The banks got bailed out, Wall Street got bailed out, homeowners did not. And to a much smaller extent, this is what happened in New Orleans following Katrina. But in, but in the but, but David got bailed out. David, Everyday yeah. people did not. But 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 in this case, you you talked about the elites. If uh, if seventy five thousand dollars is the trigger, which again, currently it is. It was for the six hundred dollar uh, check. Seventy five thousand dollars was the trigger. The Republicans want to now bring that down to fifty thousand dollars. And instead of $2,000, they want to give everybody $1,000. Now, when you're talking about those with, with, with a base of 75000 that's not the elite, David. Those no, no, aren't I mean, the waitresses. Those aren't the, I mean, I don't know how anyone could say that $75,000 puts you in the elite category. No, I'm not referring to the individual checks. I'm referring to where we found subsequent research the PPP money went. I mean, to give one egregious example, uh, Tom Brady got a million dollars because he owns some small business. He used it to buy a new yacht. Uh, those examples repeat over and over and over yes. again. Whereas for the I... small business person, the shopkeeper, it was a total disaster. But I, but as I understand it, that's not checks. as I understand it, that's not what we're talking about now. We're not talking about PPP, and there was there was egregious uh, misuse of some of the PPP money. But this is about what goes what goes into the pocket of the in, the, the individual taxpayer. Now, what 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 government has already figured out is that some of the people who were in that category who got their who got their initial check and then may have gotten the six hundred dollar check which hopefully is going to be replaced by, some people are hoping that it's going to be replaced by 1,400 more. But the people that got that 600, they're putting it away. They're not, they're not spending it. They're, they're, near, they're not nearly on the edge as many people in that category are. And there's many people in the category who are, but there's a lot, a substantial number that are not. So can, this can is say, just manna from heaven from them. I, when, when one... I've lost count. I think we've had either three or five trillion already allocated on the basis of COVID. We're now talking about another 1.9 trillion. I think that David's yes. point is very well taken that it, we are not seeing Washington orient to the regular people. We are seeing Washington orient. And I saw this when I was a staffer there. And as you know, I lived there, blah, blah, blah. But the only, the, the, the only way to prove that you're a lobbyist in Washington the only way is to be able to get your client's language onto a must-pass bill. Must-pass mm -hmm. bills are usually three or four a year. Very few substantive specific bills pass. The must-pass bills are where you slap on your clients. And so you need to mm -hmm. have the relationships. You have to play the swamp game. But I think 1.9 trillion from Biden is a lot about rewarding his supporters, et cetera. Right. And I regret that there are Republicans who are um, be bemoaning 75 instead of 50 and bemoaning 2000 instead of 1000. There's such uncertainty out there. The, the federal, if you're going to spend 1.9, which I don't like, but we lost the election, 1.9 trillion, you might as well get 2000 to everybody 
who's in need, my, my opinion. And AOC is saying not just $2,000 once, just let's, let's make that a regular thing. I mean, but what, what, what I'm saying is, I in your in your in, in your respective classes, and I and I mean that in a in a very deferential and appreciative way. I mean, you you are probably hanging around with probably hanging around with people who uh, earn in excess of seventy five thousand dollars. It may not be it may not be totally true, but again, the people that you're dealing with, they may not be on the brink. The people that you spoke about, David, that maybe you have interaction with on a regular basis, whether it's a bartender, uh, someone in the service industry, who are certainly not elite, uh, to them, uh, it's it's more than just about some extra money in your bank account. You this is you need this to survive, and if you certainly if you're a, you're a, a father that has or a mother that has children to to, to uh, take care of, I mean, there's no way that you're elite, and and you need that money to pay the rent the next month. Right. Yes. And that's what I was trying to say uh, earlier. I, th I think maybe we got our, our signals crossed. Uh, but my other point was that when this pandemic hit, we'll give a comparative example. And this goes to what you said about AOC wanting the 2000 to repeat. Mm -hmm. uh, the country of Ireland provided immediate aid to small business owners who were so adversely affected by the pandemic that they could not continue to practice their craft. So party planners, restaurant owners, and they had repetitive payments every month. Whereas here in the United States, uh, many people who qualified for unemployment didn't begin to see those payments for months. And as I was saying earlier, many small business owners who rightfully deserved some form of assistance or bailout either never got it or got something insufficient months after the fact. So what I'm saying is this is another failure, bipartisan failure, on account mm -hmm. of uh, the United States government to care for those who are in need of care because they seem to repeat the pattern of caring for those who are already well off. When is someone who has voted for Joe Biden, when do you think they're going to see the benefit of voting for Joe Biden and some extra money sent their way? Well, that's difficult to answer. I mean, that depends upon the implementation of policy. Uh, however, I'll give you one example. Biden has already called for the raising of the minimum wage on the federal level to $15 mm -hmm an hour and if that happens on the federal level it might exert some pressure on the states and there's a uh, a benefit that biden voters will accrue in a relatively short period of time but only if they're only if they're being paid federally right i mean it, it's a federal minimum wage that isn't going yes, to but, affect but the local so restaurants would apply some pressure to the states allegedly that's the that's Chris, the working do you, do theory. You see, but this stimulus, is, is, I mean, I will remind you that in May the Democratic House passed a stimulus bill that had in it, you alluded to it earlier, two thousand dollar checks. Right. Mitch McConnell and the Republicans in the Senate were the ones who paralyzed it, even though Trump indicated he'd sign it. So right. there's no reason to believe that the Democrats, now that they control the Senate and House 
uh, can repeat that process and get those checks rolling out the door. They could do it through well, reconciliation that, that, and they could do it quickly. That decision also probably uh, sunk uh, Senator Leffler and uh, uh, Senator Perdue in Georgia because uh, you had the president saying one thing, you had the Democratic leadership saying one thing, and Mitch McConnell was saying, no, we're not sending you extra bucks. Back shortly. Don't go away. Opinions are everywhere when you watch the news. But what about your opinion? Why can't you just get the facts to decide for yourself? News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, a nightly newscast in primetime that doesn't tell you what to think. Seven nights a week, News Nation will deliver you news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. It's your news, your nation. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Have you noticed that well-known and controversial talk show hosts have recently been censored on the Internet by corporate political interests? This is Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio. And in order to counter against the suppression of information, we've decided to create our own private digitalized playground called Aftermath.media. It's an exclusive online multimedia library featuring videos, movies, audio clips, archive shows, e-books, e-magazines, documents, and so much more. Our news aggregator, Newsifer, provides current news relating to many of the topics we cover. We'll also be hosting other Ground Zero-friendly podcasts like Into the Parabnorm, Normal with Jeremy Scott and The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Aftermath.media has a social media platform along with a chat room to interact with many of our listeners. And about once a month, you can chat with me about anything. Mobile apps for Android and Apple are now available. The monthly subscription for Aftermath.media is only $9.99 a month. This includes exclusive access to our library and Ground Zero Archive podcasts. If you're just interested in having access to the Archive podcast, it's only $4.99 a month. So sign up today by going to Aftermath.media. Again, that's Aftermath.media. It's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious. And if you think I'm just going to keep ticking away, you're wrong. I can quit whenever I want, but I like my job. Just treat me better. Maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. After all, we're in this together. Don't let your heart quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org bloodpressure A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. I didn't want to talk. She just sat with me. That was all I really needed. We got back. One day he called me out of the blue. And it's comforting to know that I always can count on him to have my back. She called me from time to time. I really didn't think I needed any help. It took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody cared to give me some hope. Just that one text. Be there. Your call. Your presence. Your words. Your support. Be there and help save a life. Learn more about preventing suicide at VeteransCrisisLine.net. You're listening to Smart Talk on AM 1590, 95.9 FM, the Smart Talk app, and WCGORadio.com. Bruce Dumont back. Welcome to Beyond the Beltway for another segment. Chris Roebling is here. David Masiotra are here. And I'm going to ask for them to take a moment to introduce themselves. And we'll begin with uh, David Masiotra. David? Yeah, great to be with you, Bruce. Uh, 
longtime guest and viewer of the program. Uh, I am a writer, author of several books, including Mellencamp, American Troubadour, and the latest, uh, which you're kindly showing right now. I'll show my copy. Uh, I am Chris, somebody why Jesse Jackson matters. And uh, I write regularly for a variety of websites, including uh, Salon, where I write about politics, and the music journal, No Depression, where I write about music. Very good. Chris Roebling, tell us everybody who, tell everybody who you are in 20 seconds. Well, I'm uh, a friend of Bruce Dumont's, and I've been privileged to be on the program since the mid-1980s, and it's always a great honor to come back. And, uh, great Very to good. be on tonight with David and, and Bruce and our guests in the next hour. Right, and they will be, Ray Lopez is the alderman of the 15th Ward in Chicago, one of the leaders of the Hispanic community in the city, and he's going to be talking about the, the new plans of the federal administration to improve uh, things for black and brown communities. And also Anthony Anderson will join us, and he is a veteran of the criminal juvenile justice system uh, as a member, as a guard and an outspoken uh, African-American Republican. And so the, he'll be talking about the the efforts of, by Susan Rice and Joe Biden uh, to bring uh, uh, equity, not just equality, but equity uh, to the discussion of racial relations in the United States, and that'll be up in our second hour. Ben is a great caller, and he is listening to us in El Paso, Texas, one of our best affiliates, and he's got a question. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I just wonder, has anybody on your panel or yourself heard about a Medical Journal of Medicine article that came out on January 1st 2021. It's called The Pathophysiological Basis and Rationale for Early Outpatient Treatment of SARS-CoV-2 COVID-19 Infection. I did and not. in this article, okay, and if you want to, if you, I'm going to give you the the volume number is 134. Well, do, do me do me the favor. Just do, do me the, give me do that at the end. But give us give us the the okay. 20 second okay. summary of of why this is important to everybody listening and watching tonight. Okay, because in it it says that uh, zinc sulfate and zinc lozenges can sometimes be very good in treating COVID 19 on the early stages of the disease, okay? Early stages, not late yes. stages. Antimalarials, like hydroxychloroquine, mm -hmm. which is a, is a zinc ionophore, also blocks CoV-2 RNA dependency, mm -hmm. which makes it a viable um, uh, uh, treatment for um, um, Sir, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to interject yeah, I'm going to interject because I also azithromycin the azithromycin also okay right all these things are in this article in okay. the American Journal of Medicine American Journal of Medicine and by the way I did see uh, an interview on Fox News uh, that talked about uh, the role the preventive role of zinc. I did see that, and I know it's part of the discussion. But the the one thing that, at least okay. with the current with the current guest, I, I I can't engage in a discussion uh, sharing okay. audiences and opinions with people such as yourself. You are far more well read on this than the rest of us. But I want to make sure that when we have okay. those discussions, we have a real live scientist with us. And thank you very much for joining us, Ben. Okay. Well, 
Thank you for joining us. If you have other questions, Ben, Ben, thank you for joining us. Farewell, Ben. Farewell, Ben. I'm saying we, we, we cannot have a general interest discussion program without anyone with scientific knowledge engaging in the specificity of science you were about to bring to this discussion. Now, if you are correct, if everyone in the United States or everyone on this call or everyone on this program had the ability to read the scientific journal and have the knowledge to understand what they were reading in the scientific journal, if they had that and we all came, we all came to this discussion up to speed, we could have an intelligent discussion if we had people in addition to or other than Chris Roebling and David Masiotra. Because I don't think either of them will raise their hand when I ask about their their their, their science uh, acumen. So, thank you very much. It is an important issue. I think the issues of COVID, which I do want to turn to right now. Granted, there's the the issues of of how these vaccines are made, how quickly they can be made. We now have Johnson and Johnson uh, that is about to be out there, uh, but it has a, an efficiency level significantly less. Uh, than the other two that Moderna uh, and Pfizer. But my question to you, Chris, is uh, since Donald Trump is gone, Mm -hmm. what are the significant improvements that the general public can see with the way that the Biden is handling this distribution as opposed to the way that Donald Trump handled it? Of the the, the vaccination. I'm not sure that Biden has put significant improvements on the board. Uh, When Biden took office, we were running along at a million uh, vaccinations a day. Uh, He then announced that in 100 days he wanted to do 100 million vaccinations. I don't think that Biden has published a new plan. I think that what we saw here was um, a, a seizing up of the system because of the states not being prepared. Many of them didn't think that this would actually happen in 2020 as it did. But the, the point here is Biden and his team must take ownership and possession of the response now. And they've got to get, you know, if they were to move that from a million a day to a million five a day or two million a day, that would be a huge uh, benefit to the American people. And I'd mm-hmm. be the first to applaud them for doing so. Well, Biden David, give said your, that, your take. Yeah, Biden said that he does want to do that, move it to 1.5 million per day. He also indicated that he's going to start using the Defense Production Act uh, much more robustly to get uh, medical supplies and equipment out faster and more thoroughly. And also, I would say, even though this doesn't relate to vaccines specifically, although it certainly is under that umbrella, what Bruce just did was very responsible. You know, he recognizes that for all of our brilliance, Chris, you and me are not uh, medical doctors, we're not scientists, so therefore we probably shouldn't have authority to speak on the subject. Right. Uh, Trump never did that. Trump trafficked in all kinds of delusional, crazy theories that poisoned the well of information out in the public. So in the absence of that, Uh, Biden has already scored a major improvement in terms of his leadership through the crisis. I'm not going to argue that, uh, David. I'm not going to argue with you. In fact, Bruce, if I may, I think, you know, we're we're Mm -hmm. meeting on the 31st of January. I will tell you that 
one year ago this week was the beginning of Trump's real electoral downfall. Right. And there were there were two, in my opinion, two or three sources. Number one, uh, Brad Parscale came into the Oval Office and gave him a flip chart presentation or a PowerPoint. And he was his campaign manager. He was the campaign manager at that right. time. Right. And he showed President the oversampled national polls and it indicated that Trump was getting more than 400 electoral votes. Had the election been held on the first Tuesday of February 2020, Trump would have been reelected. There's really no question about that. Um, that gave, you know, the, the phony impeachment volume one had just sort of finished, give or take. And so he wasn't impeached. He's winning 400 electoral votes. Trump's got a big ego to begin with, a big narcissistic issue to begin with. And this COVID thing comes along and he decides this is a great bully pulpit for me to attack all my critics. So instead of walking out and acting like somebody who cared, he went out and acted like somebody who was slighted. And um, frankly, I, I believe that there are a lot of other threads in this tapestry, but he basically wore out his welcome with the American uh, voters. And, and uh, he still got 75 million. Got more votes than any president ever for re-election. So he didn't wear out his welcome terribly. But he, had he responded differently from uh, differently to COVID than he did, um, it would have been a much different outcome. And by the way, that's what Brad Parscale said to him in subsequent meetings. You're off key. You're not helping. This is hurting. And sure enough, Parscale eventually is out. The new team is in. And the new team fumbled the ball on ballot integrity and ballot security. Mm -hmm. And the Democrats, in my humble opinion, then went on to steal the election under cover of law, which is to say they, they dotted the I's, they crossed the T's, they participated in all of the legal things that they were supposed to. And they outmaneuvered Trump. They outmaneuvered the RNC, the Pennsylvania Republican Party, Trump for President campaign, the National Republican Congressional Committee, National Republican Senatorial Committee. They outmaneuvered everybody. And it all started 52 weeks ago tonight, in my humble opinion. Okay. Well, that's a good, uh, that certainly is a, is a good analysis. Uh, on that note, we're going to we're going to pause. We come back. We one, we have one more segment in this hour, and then in the second hour, we're going to be joined by Ray Lopez and Anthony Anderson. One eight hundred seven two three eighty two eighty nine. Don't be afraid to call, but uh, don't don't call with the polemic that you may have that you expect everyone on this program and listening to be up to speed on the intricacy of what you're trying to project. Uh, that's uh, one of the challenges we have each and every Sunday night on Beyond the Bellway and have for 40 years, but uh, we'll continue to fight the good fight. 1-800-723-8289 from coast to coast and border to border. I'm Bruce Dumont. 
you should form your own opinions when you're presented facts without bias. That's what we call news. Every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, news has a new primetime home. News Nation. Without all the talk and without an opinion, so you can make yours. It's not how it used to be. It's how it should be. News Nation. Seven nights a week on WGN America. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. Because it's your news, your nation. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Harrison's Reality Check. Now there's an easy way to monitor for coronavirus at home in a moment. Did you know dogs can understand about 200 words, with some breeds even making up 1,000 words? Dogs don't just listen to what we're saying, they interpret how we're saying it, too. Tone also matters, which is why Fido gets more excited when you praise him than saying the same words in a flat voice. Harrison's Reality Check. GoHarrison.com. Fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. Hey, everybody, it's JT from Barbecue Nation, the best of the best from the world of barbecue and outdoor cooking. And you can turn a sword into a barbecue, not a plowshare, with the boys from Fire Disc in Texas. Or Graham Kerr talks about his adventures as the galloping gourmet going around the world. And finally, Chicago's own Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com is always dispelling myths and getting the science of barbecue directly to you. Barbecue Nation, Saturday mornings at 7 on Chicago's Smart Talk. Hello, this is Denny Furrow, inviting you to step back into the time tunnel with me every Saturday evening from 9 until 11 p.m. Right here on WCGO, the original Big Band Showcase. I'll be playing all of your favorites from the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and some of the good big bands working today. Now that's Saturday evening at 9 p.m. right here on WCGO, 1590 a.m. and 95.9 FM. The original Big Band Showcase. Chicago Smart Talk, AM 1590 and FM 95.9, the exclusive home for the Dave Ramsey Show in Chicago. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. We continue one more segment on this hour, then another full hour coming up. Don't go away. David Masiotra, my question to you is uh, uh, Congresswoman Green from uh, the great state of Georgia has been, uh, she's made herself a household word, at least uh, in the House of the uh, Representatives. Um, What should be done with her, if anything? Her Republican colleagues should join Democrats in making a mass call for her resignation. Why? I mean, the the Republican Party has to have some standard to say this is unacceptable. Uh, Not only is what she believes uh, incoherent and the sign of mental illness, but it's anti-Semitic. 
and it's hateful and hostile to many Americans. Uh, when the John Birch Society is that began, free speech? Oh, go ahead. Is it free speech? Is well, she, of course, it's is free she speech. Is she engaging the, in free speech? Well, let me just finish. Is she engaging in free speech? And again, if anyone wants to throw her butt out of Congress, it should be the members of her home district. Certainly. But we saw the Democratic Party uh, exert pressure on Al Franken to resign. We saw the Democratic Party apply pressure to Katie Harper in California to resign. Yeah. I would imagine that uh, Republicans do have a line that if she crossed, they would ask her to resign. What if she burnt an American flag, for example, in the parking lot of the Capitol? Uh, let's, uh, let's, she, let's ask in Chris my Robert, view, has Dave, crossed that Dave, line, and Republicans let, should do this for their own good. Just Why a second. do you want to let's, associate? Dave, Dave, let's let Chris Roebling, who is a Republican, weigh in on this, because uh, he may agree with you. I don't know. No. Well, okay. Um, one way that we encouraged Steve King of Iowa to resign after, you know, uh, a record replete with uh, horrendous statements, we removed him from all committees. So he became sort of an island to himself. And I, I forget at this moment if he lost re-election or lost the he primary. Did. But there, I, I am not entirely familiar with the things she has said. And I can, but I will tell you this, if she's crossed the line on anti-Semitism, she's out. That's it. It's, there's no place for that. There's no place for ethno-nationalism in the Republican Party. These are all tropes that are put on us by maybe not David, but some of the people he probably, some of the people who read his stuff at, at uh, his websites. So, so if she's crossed any of those lines, then the uh, Kevin McCarthy ought to exercise leadership to get her removed. And then she goes back to her district as ineffectual, gadfly, irrelevant, and they deserve a better member of the United States House of Representatives than that. Yeah, and what I would say to that, I certainly agree with that. And, and Bruce, you said it's free speech, and that's true, but the First Amendment doesn't guarantee anyone a committee assignment in Congress or even a seat in Congress. No. And, Kevin McCarthy and others can and should act as gatekeepers, just as you would with your program. If I came on here and started uh, articulating anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, yes. I doubt you'd invite me back on the show. Right. I, I wouldn't. But on the other hand, if we're talking about, you know, free elections in this country, that when you're running for office, you can say outrageous things. Most people don't get away with saying outrageous things. She did. People the, will the argue that Elon, the, Elon, Omar, Elon Omar and members of the squad, too I, many people say that they shouldn't be elected. They should be recalled. My I, point well, is I think there are Clay, 400. Or Tlaib, are, however you say her name, is, is guilty of uh, repeating uh, anti-Semitic tropes. Right. And Elon Omar has been apologizing for the use of anti Semitic formulations since the time she was a state representative. But she's still in Congress. She's still she still is in Congress and people still elect her. And so my question is if we have a if we have a situation we have we have a body where four hundred and thirty five representatives are there. 
representing the thoughts and opinions of people around the United States are people who have bizarre, outrageous, anti-Semitic feelings. Are they, should they be allowed to have a voice in Congress? Well, here's the other issue, Bruce. In, Especially when one yet, side is saying she shouldn't be on it. She hasn't yet had to answer for it, but she has repeatedly called for the hanging of Nancy Pelosi. Now, that to me should also disqualify her from having that seat. I mean, this is a woman that makes Sarah Palin look like Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, now, what you're saying, Bruce, is yours. There are members, David, there are members of the Hollywood left who have said things about Republicans and about Donald Trump, including calling for his assassination, his murder, besmirching of, of, of his children. They, they do that and they get laughter and they, and, they, and, they, and they become a punchline on Jimmy Kimmel. They get away with it. They say outrageous things. They, do. they, they should not be saying things and they get away with it. And again, there's crazy. There's people out there that every time Jimmy Kimmel makes a comment like that, there's people. There's a reason why Jimmy Kimmel is still on the air because a lot of people think Jimmy Kimmel is funny, even when he may be talking about assassinating the president of the United States. It ain't funny, well, but he still has a as, gig. I'm not a he viewer of Kimmel. He hasn't been censured. He hasn't been censured by the Walt Disney the Company. Assassination of Trump. That's a crime. If he did so, I'm sure the Secret Service paid him a visit. But I would say we should have a higher standard for members of Congress than we do shock jock comedians. I agree that we should, but it should be up to the individual people in each of 435 districts to decide whether someone's going to represent me or not. And if they are, if, if suddenly they realize that they're being represented by the wrong person, throw their butt out. But it shouldn't be the opposition party in Congress that does it. We've got a break. When we come back, we've got another hour of discussion. Don't go away. You're listening to Beyond the Beltway, live from Chicago, Illinois. Some news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it. Seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Matt always knew he wanted to be a doctor. That's why he makes the most of every day. To study before breakfast. 
to work hard, to do whatever was necessary to achieve his goal. He found an answer in the military. If you have a passion, a vision for your future in any field, todaysmilitary.com can be your path to a fulfilling career. You have a calling, we have an answer. Find your way at todaysmilitary.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog and new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of... Are you looking for a way to be creative right now? Have you ever wanted to learn how to watercolor paint? You can now do that from the comfort of your own home with Zoom watercolor classes. Finally, a fun Zoom call to look forward to. Get professional, real-time instruction from nationally showing artist Victoria Elizabeth. She's an artist from the Chicagoland area and has a degree in watercolor painting. These classes are step-by-step, so everything is broken down with easy-to-understand instructions. Our painting subjects are nature scenes, landscapes, botanicals, and more. The benefit of real-time instruction is you get to ask for help whenever you need it. The classes are affordable, too, at just $15 a class for two hours of instruction. Visit her website at victoriaelizabethart.com to find out more about these Zoom classes, events, workshops, and more. Again, that website is victoriaelizabethart.com. Bruce Dumont back, hour number two of Beyond the Beltway begins, and we are joined in this hour by Raymond Lopez. Uh, he is the Democratic Ward Committee to the 15th Ward and an alderman in the city of Chicago. And uh, also Anthony Anderson joins us. He is a veteran of the juvenile justice uh, system as a member of the, the primarily the guard staff for many, many years. And again, Chris Roebling and David Masiotra also continue with us for hour number two. Uh, guys, in, in this hour, I want to talk about uh, public schools for a while. And, and why public schools are not open to the degree in which many parents would like them to be open. Uh, President Trump talked about he wanted to open the schools. Joe Biden has said he wants to open the schools. Uh, there is no hard scientific evidence to suggest that schools are, are any, are actually, they're much safer than many other gathering spots. Uh, at least that's the information we have at this particular moment. But again, we have a, a large portion of America uh, that does not send their kids to school. Uh, they're, they're, they're homeschooling them basically through the schools, through uh, 
through the various COVID educational programs that are existing. And then last week we popped up uh, the role of the uh, the unions in uh, keeping some schools closed. And so, Ray Lopez, I want to begin with you because we should mention to those around the country <clears throat> this is an issue that, that, that plays well everywhere. But again, uh, it was a big issue in the city of Chicago. And uh, as an alderman in the city of Chicago, uh, where do you come down between uh, the school uh, board and uh, the teachers' union insofar as how safe are Chicago schools uh, and are they ready to open? You know, for me, and good evening, Bruce, and good evening, everyone. For me, the, the issue um, isn't do I side with the board, do I side with the union. I'm siding with my parents. I'm siding with my students who are looking for a, self, a, a safe and healthy option to get educated. Since April 6th, this city, CPS, and everyone has avoided the topic that was eventually going to come to the forefront, which is how do we get our kids back into the classroom? And here we are at the 11th hour, 59th minute, yet again playing games with our students, telling them maybe tomorrow you'll go back. Maybe the day after that, we don't know. They were supposed to be back already a week ago. And what we see more and more is that our kids are caught in the middle. They've been caught in the middle since the very beginning. We know our kids aren't getting educated online. We know that they're reluctant to go back because of all the hysteria over whether or not it's safe or not to be in a classroom. And here we are going to have a full year, almost one year, where our kids haven't had a quote-unquote normal educational experience. And they are suffering from it, and there's no end in sight as these games continue to put them in the middle. Who, in in your view, you're watching from afar, uh, Anthony. You're you're not a you're not a teacher, but uh, you're certainly a, a, you watch the news in the Chicago land area. What, in your view, is is the problem here? Uh, unfortunately, uh, Bruce, it's the uh, politicians playing games. I, I understand perfectly the union's position in regards to safety and security concerns, but the fact of the matter is, uh, our young people deserve better. And by saying that, I mean, most kids, uh, the fact of the matter is the Chicago metropolitan area, especially, uh, serves a lot of uh, minority kids. And for the most part, a lot of those kids within those communities actually depend on uh, these, these, these breakfasts and lunches that are provided to them through the Chicago public school system. And so it's unfortunate that we may have kids out there probably starving because we can't seem to get past the fact that, you know, put some politics aside, let's all not forget why we're here. Uh, and that is to educate the kids and to ensure that they have a, a well-being. And so I think uh, politicians and both the union, they're, they're basically complicit also, but they need to open the schools up in Chicago so that we can get things on track here. It's, it's unfortunate, but the, the people that hurt the most are unfortunately, once again, minorities and those lowest on the lower end of the social economic scales. Uh, Chris Roebling, your take on it. Uh, the unions control many, many Democrat officeholders and a surprising number of Republican officeholders when you get outside the city of Chicago where there are Republicans elected. And uh, this is an outrage. Um, it's anti-science and it is directed right. The, the, the entire major city public school model, whether you're in Boston or Philadelphia, Detroit, Chicago, Phoenix, or Los Angeles, these are designed for the adults. They are designed for the adults. There is zero accountability 
you've got kids who are in 12th grade and they are at seventh grade level but or let me, let math me, or whatever. Chris, let me, Chris, let me, let me, a great guys, example. Chris, let me, let me, let me interject here. Uh, and I'm going to turn it over to David because I want to come back to the, the, the broader issue. Okay. This was something we've known about COVID for over a year now. The federal government and city governments and state governments have been involved in this for almost a year now. And again, going back to the other, other administration, the previous administration, uh, Everyone assumed that if you were going to send kids back to school, the school better be safe from from an environmental standpoint vis-a-vis COVID, and the people that work there should be tested properly and treated properly before you send millions of kids back to school. Now, to me, that was common sense from day one. Why did that? Why did that go askew, David? Both from a federal level and a, and, a, and, a, and a city level, because as Ray said, the schools, the CPS in Chicago, they're dealing with issues now they should have dealt with last March, and they're not up to speed. Where did it Where did it go wrong? Yeah, well, to take your question in sequential order, the federal level, that's easy. Uh, President Trump said we need to open our schools. And he never implemented a mass tested testing policy. He never got the aid to the school districts that was necessary. Uh, when we go state by state, city by city, it becomes a little more complicated and multifarious. But uh, I agree with you. In the beginning, it was immensely important to err on the side of caution. But now we have multiple studies from multiple different states and a study from Israel Uh, showing that infection rates in schools with children are extremely low, almost statistically meaningless. So there is no reason at this point, as long as school districts can do it safely with sanitization and PPE and uh, accommodations for distancing, that we can't reopen uh, schools K through 12. Ray, where do you think it went wrong? Can you, can you pinpoint where it went wrong and, and what were the early decisions that were made or not made that, that frankly turned out to be wrong? Bruce, if I could pinpoint when COVID decision-making went wrong, I'd be president of the United <laughs> States at this point. Um, but I think what we do know is that it really went wrong when true science was supplanted by the politics of the moment. And we've seen that not just with education, we've seen that with restaurants, we've seen that with a lot of things where science has shown that we can safely do things and begin normalcy again and the powers that be the politicians choose not to choose to ignore the science because it's not convenient to letting go of their stranglehold on what they consider their power at the moment and i think a lot of that also went wrong when billions of dollars in cares act went out the door by the federal government but was not assigned specifically towards any kind of future planning in the case of Chicago and other school districts, you saw CARES Act dollars being used to balance their budgets and to augment what they were already preparing for spending. Not right, forward, we've got a pause. But backwards thinking. For some, news is about this. Believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. 
Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it. Seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. We are the boy band. Your tween made you see. We are the boy It's painful concert number three. We are the boy band. We're five and nineteen. We are the boy band. Always singing on key. You love your kids enough to take them to see their favorite uh, band. Love them enough to make sure they're buckled up in the back seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. KFC's Colonel Sanders here. We all love sitting down to a home-cooked meal with family. But there's rarely enough hours in the day to do the cooking. So let me do the cooking for you. Well, not me personally, that's just a turn of phrase. Your KFC will do the actual cooking. The point is, let someone else do the home cooking for you. Come to KFC and pick up a $20 fill-up. That's eight pieces of chicken or 12 tenders and all the fixings to feed your family. Order ahead at KFC.com. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. $20 fill-up not available with delivery. Taxes, substitution, extra. Delivery service and additional fees may apply. Those big wireless companies try to lure you in with a new phone just to lock you into a contract. Not Simple Mobile. If you have a great smartphone you love, you can get a powerful nationwide 5G network without the contract. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone's compatible. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. Message and data rates may apply. Visit simplemobile.com slash privacy policy for privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions. Compatible 5G capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speeds not yet available. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis, a blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms could mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Don't miss our weekend special. Save $1,000 on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Queen, now $17.99. Plus free premium delivery when you add a base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. It's JT and Leanne. Join us for Married with Microphones. Special guests, hot news topics, and our hilarious relationship report card. Saturdays, 6 p.m. on WCGO. Bruce Dumont back. Thanks very much for joining us uh, this evening. Uh, Anthony Anderson, I want to kind of switch gears and and, uh, talk with you and and Ray uh, about a couple of things. Because last week... Uh, President Biden uh, appointed uh, Susan Rice uh, to to deal with the issues of race relations in the United States and dealing with issues of equality. And then a new word that was brought into the lexicon last week was uh, equity when it comes to how uh, government programs and, and, and business programs uh, affect uh, black and brown communities. First of all, when you hear of a new program that's going to deal with black and brown communities. As a black man, how do you respond to that uh, announcement? Well, I think, uh, personally, it's a step in the right direction for the administration. Um, however, I will reserve a uh, uh, little because, you know, there's been a lot of talk over the years 
in terms of fixing the the inequality problem that exists in America. And that's what it's been. It's just been talk. And so if the Biden administration has putting forth these executive orders and efforts, that's one thing. But in, in all fairness, Bruce, what we need is federal statutes and state statutes. And those need to work in tandem with federal government and state and local government so we can see some real some real changes uh, that affect the African-American population. And those steps need to be taken in, 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 in a lot of the major cities. And when I say major cities, I mean like Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York. If you're going to if you're going to target some individuals, you're going to target the minority community. I say we should target, focus, target those those uh, those those things that he wants to do in those communities to those specific areas, and that way we can see firsthand exactly what the Biden administration is doing. I, I applaud the fact that he's he's at least trying. I am uh, happy uh, to learn that you know he he he's wanting to get rid of uh, federal prisons in terms of you know the. the the way that they operate private prisons uh, private prisons i'm sorry he wants to get rid of private prisons yes private private prisons yes absolutely right. private right. prisons that the federal government operates and that's a step in the right direction i mean personally speaking ray when you hear the term black and brown communities obviously you represent a black and brown community uh do your ears perk up or do you just say ho hum here we come with another program well my ward my district for your viewers and listeners, that's my dog. She agrees with me. Um, <laughs> uh, I represent uh, African Americans and minor uh, and Latinos. Yes, Lily, we know. Um, the black and brown is basically the majority of my district. Um, but what I'm very concerned about is that you know we hear these catchphrases all the time about transparency and equity uh, at the local level, and now we're going to start hearing them at the federal level as well. Um, those catchphrases are great, but if you don't put policies in place and if you don't enact laws that match the rhetoric, those words are meaningless. And but minority communities have heard this What is a what is a law? What is and by the way, if you have to uh, mute and handle your dog, everybody understands. But again, uh, this is for you and and for Ray uh, and and for uh, Anthony. And I want to ask Anthony. Anthony, is there a specific law? I mean, be very specific. Is there a specific thing that the federal government or the state government or the city government? could do that addresses exactly what you're talking about that that gets to the the people that really need help or they need the bootstrap at this moment in their lives well specifically i would say in in terms of uh, the ability for blacks to have the same access as any other group out there as it relates to capital if if you can't go to a bank or if you can't go to an entity to borrow to even get a business started that's that's going to be a problem, and so right there, I say they need to make the make sure the markets are available to 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 the African American community as well as the Hispanic area, but more so to the Black community because Blacks want to start businesses. A lot of times, they just lack lack the capital uh, as their white counterparts, and so therefore they're, they're in most cases me, shut out of the process. And so let, that, me, that, let me let me let me inter, let me interject an, an idea here to to go back further because you're talking about equity okay that's you know you're dealing with equity when you're 20 or 30 years old and you want to start a business i want to go back before that where there may be uh, inequality or, or a lack of equity and that is where we were talking just a few moments ago and that's in the public schools i mean if the public schools are supposed to uh, educate black and brown students 
and they don't have classes or they only have part-time classes using computers because the unions, because the elected officials, many of whom are black and brown, and the unions that are black and brown, they're not getting together to agree on something, and the big losers are black and brown students. Isn't that what's happening in Chicago, Ray? Well, that's definitely part of what's going on, absolutely. And I think that alludes to something that Chris referenced earlier, which was um, the the matter of school choice. And do your dollars follow the student or do they get assigned to the district where they live in? I think equity would be to have a serious conversation, which is if you have a struggling parent and they try to put their kid in a better school, the funding for that child should go with them. If they go to a private school, the funding should go with them or be available to them. You know, I'm glad to see as a product of uh, Catholic education, I'm glad to see that finally tuition is now going to be something that is tax deductible as as most of uh, private education. Uh, But I think that you have to start addressing what is equitable, truly equitable. And in the education realm, that is one. But also I want to make one add on to your original question, which is contract equity. Because right now in the city of Chicago, we deal with women and minority-owned businesses. And the federal level, it is so much stricter that many minorities are not able to participate. And that leads to a huge gap in equity when it comes to the distribution of grants and funds in that regard. Who can, pl- who can, who can, who can end that, though? Isn't, isn't that the local, in this case, the local Democratic machine? Aren't they the ones that can literally change that if they want to do it? Change, I'm sorry, change which part? The well, insofar as you say, contracting. I mean, no, who, who is, are, who that's, is a federal, that's a federal issue. So like when cities like New York, Chicago, L.A. get federal dollars, there are federal restrictions on what, what we can state do dollars? to minority participation and inclusion. So if the what, federal government were to actually institute some equity language in these contracts, then we would be able to spread the pie on a little bit more and further than we can at, at present. Chris Roebling, uh, your 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 response to this. Turn your microphone on. Are we educating kids or are we serving adult interests? And I believe that parents understand what is best for their children. And I think that we've given these educational bureaucracies a lot of tri- time to produce results. The results in Chicago across the board, with exceptions, charter schools, magnet schools. There are a few things that have uh, caused, you know, a, a little bit of growth, you know, through the crack in the pavement. But we are asking parents to pay taxes, and we are not delivering. And I believe a far more equitable uh, arrangement is to send money to the parents and let them choose from schools that meet the standard qualifications for the state of Illinois. But but I, I have a problem I have a problem Anthony. with that in one sentence. The problem is everybody knows that when money follows a student more times than like uh, than not, that student is going to go into a community or into an area that really doesn't reflect them one and two, that's going to be the end of the, the public schools as we know it. And so the, the, the normal school that's in the community, it's not going to be there anymore because more parents are going to start to send their kids to other schools. Now,
Now, I, I get that the money should follow the kids, but it's going to be the end of the public school system as we know it. Now, the and question you should probably ask yourself what's is What's wrong this, with that? How is it that they're Anthony, able to have what's wrong with that? that Anthony, work? what is wrong with that? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with the public school system ending as we know it? What's well, wrong with well, that? Well, I'm not. I don't want the the public school to end as we know it, Bruce. I want the public school to change and adapt to what's going on within the community. Well, what are they waiting for? But but, 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 the, but the problem. But the problem you have is if you if you allow federal dollars, if you allow money to follow the students, those students are going to leave those communities. And so now we have a, a community that has no commerce and no schools. And so what what's going to what are those okay. communities going to look like then? Now, okay, David, what I'm David, saying is there are I schools. To to, I, want, I want to go to David. I want to go to David Masiotru, and then we'll come back to you. Go ahead, David. You've been waiting to get in. Yeah, Anthony's entirely correct because schools tend to reflect the communities in which they exist. So, I, you know, the people aren't complaining about public schools who live in the ritzy north side neighborhoods of Chicago. I know not. some of those folks. They're very happy to send their kids to those schools. People aren't complaining about public schools who live in wealthy suburbs. So what we have is massive inequality throughout the country amplified and catalyzed by a property tax funding mechanism for schools, which punishes children if their parents are poor. And that is at the root of the problem when we talk about unequal resources, unequal teacher salaries, unequal uh, school quality. And Anthony's entirely correct that if you allow the money to follow the students in the way that some are articulating here, it will effectively destroy the public school system in the United States. And what that does is it diminishes any chance for upward mobility. Because oh, I couldn't agree, Chris Roblin disagree Chris Roblin for I couldn't disagree more emphatically. I think that the structure. Chris, I know, I, I know that, I know that, but we do, we, we do have to pause. I hate to do this, but we, we're gonna, we're gonna give you the full uh, time when we come back. One 8289 from coast to coast and border to border. You're listening to Beyond the Beltway. I'm Bruce Dumont. Opinions are everywhere when you watch the news. But what about your opinion? Why can't you just get the facts to decide for yourself? News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, a nightly newscast in primetime that doesn't tell you what to think. Seven nights a week, News Nation will deliver you news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. It's your news, your nation. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me. But I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. 
Ever get the feeling that a clean car just runs and drives better than a dirty car? That's because it's true. Evanston Car Wash has been serving the North Shore communities for over 60 years, helping hundreds of thousands of cars stay clean, preserve their value, and give you a nice, clean ride. Not only will Evanston Car Wash make your ride sparkle, but they use a soft cloth that doesn't risk damage to your vehicle's surface. A car is one of your major expenses, so don't trust it to just anyone with suds in a bucket. Treat it right by taking it to the Evanston Car Wash. Pick from a variety of car wash packages starting at just $8, and you can save even more money by joining their membership program. Evanston Car Wash is open every single day. That's seven days a week at 8 a.m. Located right there on Dempster Street, just east of McCormick. For full details on custom wash and detail packages, just Google Evanston's Best Car Wash, and Evanston Car Wash will pop right up. Evanston Car Wash, the North Shore's number one car wash choice for over 60 years. AncientLifeOil.com. That's AncientLifeOil.com. Are you stressed? I mean, who isn't? Anxiety creeping in? No, not that. Is sleep hard to attain because your brain just won't slow down? We're living in crazy times, and the fear knob has been turned up. Okay, there's an answer. Take a big breath, exhale, and go log on to AncientLifeOil.com. CBD. Broad and full-spectrum, organic and non-GMO CBD for you to enjoy. Change your tune from fear to calm. From brain overload to clear thinking. 0.003 THC on full spectrum and 0% THC on broad spectrum. Competitive pricing with the best quality. Also know everything is going to get better. No worries. Be happy. CBD can help calm so your nerves don't think they're a six-string electric guitar. Enjoy life, smile, and log on to ancientlifeoil.com for great CBD. That's ancientlifeoil.com. You'll be glad you did. This is Aaron Maslianski, the host of Inside the Skev. Listen live to hear me interview the real changemakers in Skokie and Evanston, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on WCGO. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago, and we are going to continue now by asking our guests to take a moment to introduce themselves. And we're going to begin with uh, you, Anthony Anderson. Give us about 20 seconds on uh, who you are and why you're here tonight. Yes, uh, my name is Anthony Anderson. I'm a Marine Corps veteran. Uh, I was working with the state of Illinois for over almost 20, well, 27 years with the Department of Corrections and the Department of Juvenile Justice. I just recently retired uh, last last month. I mean, I'm sorry, August, August, August. Mm-hmm. One question, one follow-up question to you. Of all the years of experience in dealing with troubled youth, what would be the one or two things that you would share with the audience as to What's the common denominator of the young men and women that you run into? Lack of a two-parent family. That's the biggest. That's the biggest problem. If we, if if we as a society, if, if we are black as, as black people are to survive in one of the greatest countries on the face of this planet, Bruce, the problem has to be uh, the inability to have a nuclear black family. Without the family, our 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 this thing is not going to work. So, so I saw throughout a career, and I've been with the adult division and in the du- juvenile division, and and I seen that commonality, especially within the juveniles. Neither had uh, a succinct family, uh, and so therefore they had a lot of problems uh, throughout. So, and, and most of these individuals, they they just didn't have that 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 upbringing that most people have uh, to even respect authority, let alone know who who represents authority. So, I would say an intact family. Is the when you, biggest problem that faces 
black America today. When you see a federal program or called by the president uh, and, and Susan Rice put in charge of it that deals with issues of equity and, and equality, that doesn't include discussions of what you just said, how serious is that effort? And that's why I have that's where I have the problem at Bruce is they don't talk about a, a nuclear intact family. Uh, most people don't realize and understand uh, if in all these programs that, that are available to to individuals within these various communities, they're okay. I mean they're needed. But the fact of the matter is, by the time these individuals need these programs, it's almost, it's not that it's too late. A lot of the times, it, it's like uh, we're, 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 we're past that point. A case in point is the young individual, juvenile, that was arrested the other day with, the, uh, with all these carjackings in Chicago. Turns out that he'd had nine previous carjackings in his history. Now, what can you do with, a, with an individual like that? Sure, he needs help. But those are the people that, that I'm used to dealing with on this level, especially coming from a corrections background, whether it's adult division or the juvenile division. And so, again, it goes back to uh, having that intact family with that individual, that 14-year-old yeah. kid should have known better, you know, the first time rather than the second time or the fifth yeah. time or the eighth time to, you okay. know, hold a gun to someone's head and take it out the car. That's, right, thanks, not, thanks. that's not normal in a civil society. And, and those are issues that could have been addressed with an intact nuclear black family. Anthony, thank you very much. Let me go over to Ray Lopez. Ray, introduce yourself briefly, but then pick up on some of the points that Andrew just addressed. Good evening. I'm Alderman Raymond Lopez, member of Chicago City Council. I represent its 15th ward uh, with some of the most historic neighborhoods, uh, Bryant Park, Gage Park, and back the yards where the legendary uh, stockyards were. Um, and I firmly just, I, I would give... Uh, Anthony, 10 more minutes to have that same conversation because that's one of the things that, you know, we never talk about. You know, in my role as alderman, I've been trying to address you know, a lot of the, the violence in our communities. And at the root of it always seems to be the dysfunctional family, regardless of demographic, whether it's African-American or Latino. You know, parents who are unable or unwilling to address the issues that are going on right under their own roof. And I think as we look at all of the programs that are out there, from federal, state, county, and city on down, you know, at the end of the day, creating a cohesive and functional family unit is the only way that we're, able to, we're ever going to be able to get our society back on track. And that takes politicians having some very uncomfortable conversations with people to say, look, Johnny isn't always a little angel. Do you think that when you hear programs being addressed to the black and brown community, is, is that an insult to the brown community? Because are, 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 are there differences? Are there differences insofar as equality and equity? Uh, certainly, at least as popular perception would be, there may be a larger number of intact, solid um, Hispanic families than African-American families. Would you agree with that? And does that make the solution a different solution, not one size fits all. Well, anytime I hear the term black and brown, it always just reminds me that we've spent decades trying to get away from labeling ourselves by color only to jump right into that fact yeah. as of late. Um, we can recognize our heritage, recognize our culture, 
but to put it in such a simple term that you know we're we're back down to being the POCs, people of color only. You know, it, it bothers me personally. Now, as far as whether or not we're lumped in together, you know, the fact of the matter is, we raise children, we get a spouse, we try to go for that American dream. The obstacles may be different at any given time, but we're all trying to pursue, hopefully, the same end, which is to be successful family units in this country, in this city, um, and to be able to recognize that you have to have some variance to address whatever's going on in between demographics. That's great if we can do that. Um, but we have to remember that the goal is the same. It's, it's universal. If you have kids, you want them to grow up. If you have parents, you want them to be able to get old and be healthy. If you're trying to get a house, you want to be able to buy that house yourself and not be you know, taken advantage of. Those are goals that are universal, and we have to remember that. If you were to compare the Hispanic communities, and there are many of them, there isn't a singular Hispanic community, uh, but with the African-American communities around the United States, Hmm. would one of the differences be that there would be a far smaller uh, number of illegitimate children in the Hispanic community than in the African-American community? I... I think there's a misconception um, when it comes to children out of wedlock in either group or children without fathers in either group. Um, In in both demographics at large, and granted, you know, lumping all Latinos into one group is pretty large in and of itself. Right. You know, we have challenges, and I think they go more by the lines of economic lines than I do by racial lines, which is if you have individuals who are on the lower rungs of society's economical ladder, you're more than likely going to have children that are out of wedlock or not from married parents just because of they don't have the resources, they don't they're not in school, that their priorities are different from someone who's on the upper rungs of those that ladder. But I don't think that's something that's unique to either one group. I think that's more an economic issue than an ethnic or racial issue. David Masiotro, let me have you uh, pick up on the conversation of the last 10 minutes. Yeah, uh, thank you, Bruce. Yeah, David Masiotro, a writer for Salon, author of I Am Somebody, Why Jesse Jackson Matters. Uh, I think that uh, Ray Lopez uh, just threw a bullseye because uh, we use these terms somewhat loosely and abusively, like Latino American or Black American, because, or even Asian American, because within those groups, there are there's different strata, and there are different situations, and if we talk about the lower economic strata, uh, Eastern Kentucky, for example, is almost entirely white, and yet it's the poor. It has the poorest county in the country. And you're going to see a lot of commonality there in terms of frustration and burden and struggle as you would on the south side of Chicago or uh, certain other urban neighborhoods. So even though Anthony is correct that there are issues of racism that specifically affect specific groups like redlining, there's a brutal history of redlining in this country uh, we would better define what that conversation, means, in my opinion. Define that. Define Excuse redlining me? for those that don't know the term. Define it. 
Oh, redlining is either denying loans to qualified applicants based upon their zip code or skin color or giving vastly different terms for those loans based upon skin color, zip code, uh, irrespective of qualification. Uh, but just to punctuate my point, I think we would much better serve this conversation and serve this country if we talked about working class economics and politics across the board and talk about it in a multiracial sense because a, a poor white family's needs are not entirely the same but are strikingly sim similar to a poor Latino family or a poor black family. Chris Roebling, would you agree with what David just said that uh, maybe the, the media, which is always talking about you know black and brown issues, and how they are uh, to be helped by government programs, that they dismiss uh, the reality and the feeling that many poor white communities have, and that that may lead to uh, it may lead to racism because they feel that they're not being addressed by anybody. I think the mainstream media is a tool of the Democratic Party. It is basically controlled by folks who are overwhelmingly le left wing. And I think it's doing everything it possibly can to uh, to send this country into as many different little units as it possibly can. It's a divisive force. And I know we don't have much time. I'll just say, I think that don't we have now, to strive for don't what say, don't, Reverend don't Dr. Say it King now. said, which say was it, say it. Well, well, one Chris, one second. Skin color society. Uh, don't, 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 don't say it now because nobody's going to hear it. We're going to go for a break. When we come back. I'll let you pick up on that point. I'm Bruce Dumont from Coast to Coast and Border to Border. This is Beyond the Beltway. You should form your own opinions when you're presented facts without bias. That's what we call news. Every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, news has a new primetime home. News Nation. Without all the talk and without an opinion so you can make yours. It's not how it used to be. It's how it should be. News Nation. Seven nights a week on WGN America. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. Because it's your news, your nation. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Whether you're a pro on the job site or managing properties, clean and safe is your number one priority. And Lowe's has the pro-grade cleaning supplies you need. We go beyond the basics, bringing you commercial cleaning from top brands like Clorox, Zep, and Rubbermaid. And in larger sizes, so you can take on any cleaning job knowing you have the quantity you need. Shop Lowe'sforpros.com and have your items delivered or pick up in-store. Lowe's, the new home for pros. U.S. only. The Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Square Sweepstakes is back. Every time the score changes, someone wins $50,000. Plus, two grand prize winners will win a half a million dollars they could use toward their dream home. See rules and enter for free at rocketmortgagesquares.com. Rocket Mortgage, official mortgage sponsor of Super Bowl 55. No purchase necessary. Legal residents of the 50 U.S. and D.C. of age of majority. Ends February 4th. Licensed in all 50 states in MLS number 3030. The NFL is not sponsored promotion in any way. 
Hey folks, this is Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality and best-selling author. If you don't know what you're passionate about or you dread going to work on Mondays, you're not alone. But it doesn't have to be that way. I'm here to help you find the work that you were created to do right here on The Ramsey Show. Get some straight talk on life and money. Listen to The Ramsey Show every weekday starting at 1 p.m. right here on WCGO Chicago. The Red Door has long symbolized safe havens. That's what the Red Door No-Kill Animal Shelter provides to the hundreds of cats, dogs, and rabbits it rescues annually. Animals are vet-checked, spayed, neutered, microchipped, and current on all vaccines. We are a 501c3 organization promoting respect for animals through education, rescue, shelter, and adoption. Like us on Facebook, visit our website at reddoorshelter.org. Who knows, you might just adopt a new member of the family. Chicago Smart Talk, AM 1590 and FM 95.9, the exclusive home for the Dave Ramsey Show in Chicago. Bruce Dumont back, our final segment uh, this evening. I want to thank uh, Connor McKnight for his assistance in the production of this Zoom cast and uh, Ray uh, Lopez is showing off his dog and uh, Chris Roebling was showing off his dog a little while ago in the wide shot. So it's nice to know that our our best friends are are close by. Uh, I want to go back uh, to you, Ray. One of the other issues last week is that the president wants to uh, make a big splash on immigration. He wants to uh, move forward with some of the magic reforms that we've talked about for the last uh, 25 years in this country. Uh, are you optimistic? And, and of the things that you have read and heard, how will they uh, how will they play, and, and how will people in your ward react to them? Well, I am hopeful that. President Biden will dream big and do something to address the 11 million or so undocumented individuals in the United States. Um, Ronald Reagan dreamed big. He gave amnesty 30 plus years ago, almost 30 years ago, in order to hit like the reset button. And I think the federal government needs a massive reset button hit. Um, Ray, let me let me interrupt. Ray, let me interrupt. For those people listening to the program this evening that just they, they they screamed with your answer to this. Take a moment and explain to them why the 11 million people who are in here illegally, how they should be dealt with and why should they be dealt with differently than others in the past? Well, I think what we have seen is an abdication by everyone at the federal level, Democrat or Republican, everyone who just with a wink and a nod for the last two and a half decades knew that this problem was growing, knew that businesses were uh, hiring undocumented, knew that we were still having a a sieve for a border, um, both Southern and for people flying in. A lot of people who were here undocumented overstayed their visas, their educational visas. Um, It's not just the assumption that it's all just from Mexico or Central America. You have a lot of Asian and European undocumented in this country. But because this problem has gone on for so long, It has grown to the point where we need to do something big. Now, what we can do is look at a way, just like we did with DACA, to have people come out of the shadows, to register, to get in line, pay an extra fee if they they need to. But we need to get this process going so that they can become naturalized and finally have a path to citizenship. 
With but if there was a fee, because the the a couple of years ago, this is during the the Bush administration, when they came up with a plan, this is the thing that George or uh, 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 Senator McCain was talking about. Part of that was to come forward, come out of the come out of the darkness, as you suggested, and they would have to pay a fine and they would have to wait in line. Now my question is, do you really believe that people who've gotten away with it or avoided it for all these years are going to step forward, put their name on a federal document, and be willing to pay a fine, and then to get back in line to get into the country legally? Do you think that's realistic that people will do that who've lived the last 20 years of their lives in the shadows? Yes. To them, maybe uh, the shadows is better. Nope. I, Why? I Why am not? in full confidence that the individuals that are here who are undocumented, who believe in this country, who are here for a reason, would do that. If they knew that there was a light at the end of the tunnel, even if it meant that they had to get in line, even if they knew that uh, the higher price would set things right, if that's what it took to get Republicans on board to make this happen, I think a vast majority of those individuals would in fact come out of the shadows because many of those individuals are people like my husband who came here with their parents as children and have never gone through the process. We need to fix that. We need to make it so that if you were here as a six-month-old undocumented immigrant and just always known this country, we're not shipping you back to some place you've never been to. We need to make it right. And those are the individuals who would pay. Who would with, uh, with David, do you respect. agree with, with you? With, with, would you think that, that the masses would come forward and, and put their name on a government list? I Yes. No, no, I, want to get, I want to get, I want to get David's response those, to that. Those young students David? who are DACA recipients did it. They came forward. But not all of them. Wasn't it a relatively small number of DACA kids that did it? Well, also, they also had to contend with President Trump weaponizing that list, too. So I can't quite necessarily blame them for that. David, and, go ahead. Yeah, and that's the point that I wanted to follow up on, uh, although Alderman Lopez is kind of teasing it there. With all due respect to Alderman Lopez's early analysis, this is a problem that we could solve because as recently as during the Bush administration and then again during the Obama administration, there was a bipartisan consensus on immigration, comprehensive immigration reform, but it's the acidification of this far right wing of the Republican Party that exercises this veto power on getting any immigration reform passed. And that we can actually, this David, is a simple problem. David, let me just say, you believe, and you've I said on this program, just, just one second. You, I think David, we all just, one, that. just one second. Go ahead, Anthony, but let me, let me finish my point first. I don't believe that you can blame the right wing in America for everything that you think has been done wrong, at least, at least in the immigration thing. One of the things that I have heard and hear, have heard it for 25 years now is that the American people, they like, they like to treat people fairly, but they don't like the idea of someone sneaking in the line. And to them, there's 11 million people who snuck in the line and their, and their grandparents didn't sneak into the line. And there's resentment. It has nothing to do with right-wing ideology. That's the way they feel. Last word to you, Anthony, and it's got to be very, very short. Ten seconds. Yes. Yes. Uh, one thing I think David can rest assured is I, I know that some Democrats live in some districts that may be mostly Democrat and some Republicans. But 
for now, it's clear that the Democrats control the House, the Senate, and now the presidency. And so if we want some comprehensive okay. uh, immigration as it relates to the Democrats, I think they could get it through on their own if they want okay. to. We'll see. Uh, Anthony Anderson, David Maciotra, Ray Lopez, and Chris Roping, thanks very much. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago. What is hope? Hope to me was just that he would get to come home. I had no idea how hard it would be once he got back. I wish she'd stop drinking so much. She thinks it's helping, but it's not. I hope she sees that soon. I act like I don't care if he comes to my games, but I hope he does. I used to hope he'd find happiness again. Now I hope. Our marriage makes it. I hope Grandpa will get help. He thinks it's too late, but it's not. With everything that he's going through, I hope he sees a counselor. I just want my brother back. I hoped he'd get help. Stop hoping things would get better on their own. He told me to stop asking. I didn't. Then one day he asked for a ride. Hope is knowing there are other families just like yours that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action. Matt always knew he wanted to be a doctor. That's why he makes the most of every day. To study before breakfast. To work hard. To do whatever was necessary to achieve his goal. He found an answer in the military. If you have a passion, a vision for your future in any field, todaysmilitary.com can be your path to a fulfilling career. You have a calling. We have an answer. Find your way at todaysmilitary.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference, now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a
It is estimated that 1.5 million people are arrested for DUI every year in the United States. In Illinois alone, over 30,000 motorists are arrested for DUI. Driving under the influence of alcohol, marijuana, or drugs is one of the most complex of traffic charges on the books. Most people do not understand the complexities of the standardized field sobriety tests, which are horizontal gaze nystagmus, the walk and turn, and the one-leg stand test. Due to improper testing procedures, many people are wrongfully charged with DUI. Whether you have been charged with a DUI or an attorney handling DUI cases, the book's DUIs Decoded explains the proper procedures for standardized field sobriety testing, breathalyzer testing, and the penalties in Illinois for driving under the influence. DUIs Decoded is written by nationally recognized DUI expert witness William Pellerinos and is available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com.